Welcome to Futile Podcast tonight. It's the uh, homegrown classic. We got Zach and Ian. Hey. We're going to talk about Jake Castan's lost movie, as you called it. TV set, David Duchovny, as a uh, writer, television show runner, writer, trying to get his uh, pilot picked up. His touching, dramatic, comedic, single camera sitcom about... A guy who moved back into his local town after his suicide of his brother, but then, as often happens, it really does things, sound like Northern Exposure. It sounds a lot like it. like Ed and Northern, Ed Exposure. And Northern Exposure. Yeah, yeah. Which, which which are both good shows. I like both those shows a lot. I thought they both had um, pretty strong writing and pretty interesting. The humor came from quirk characters. in most cases. Um, yeah, I mean, they, I think Northern Exposure was more obviously curving off of. Uh, uh, Twin Peaks, a little bit. I mean, there's the rural component. Uh, yeah. So, we we watch this. I think this is one of those limited... I mean, to a degree, it's one of those limited audience type things where it's a movie Super about limited audience, m- movies. Yeah. One of the reasons why they didn't play it in the theaters, I think, is because the very people they're making fun of watched it and were like, no one's going to want to watch this. So they put it straight to DVD. That's part of it, maybe. Yeah. I mean... It is also just like, like there's there's a point where MC Gamey is the uh, is the director of photography for the for the pilot yeah. that they're shooting, and there's just I mean the line that made me laugh the most in the whole movie was just 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 after he's doing something with a crane shot, and they're outside and he's just like fucking sun, and I'm like <laughs> because it's like yeah if you've worked on like a set yeah. you 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 do come at that point where it's just like yep you know. There's the sun. Oh, now a cloud's covered it. Now everything's changed. Now we're back out. You know, you, you grow to kind of hate nature sometimes when you're trying to control Every it. Every time I see that guy, I just think about seeing his dick in uh, Sideways. I don't know. I never saw that part of Sideways. Or I, he, see, I saw Sideways on, on TV. angrily uh, chasing a car with, uh, what's his name from Wings in it? And yeah. His, his dick's just flapping in the wind. It's really horrifying. <laughs> That's terrible. Because he's like a big fat guy, you know. Mean looking. Every, well, through the entire first season of uh, Justified, I just kept thinking about his dick. Well, they didn't show him to like the half point of Justified, but yeah, okay. You know what I mean. Anyway, so this... Uh, I was just thinking about it anyway. <laughs> yeah. This movie, uh, I wouldn't say hits close to home for me, but but it's... um, it's. I mean, it's, yeah, it's like we talked about. It. I, I definitely want to be doing TV writing. I, I think you're more movie and you're more comedic, and I'm more of the pretentious TV. I, I probably I fit this to comedy character do, more than I wouldn't want to do the TV writing because I don't. I don't like the idea of working in committee. Yeah, well, that's but, but, but that's naive to think that, the movie that, is. Well, the no, same but, thing. but the thing is, like, in the, with the movie, you can at least, you know, here's the thing: it's a pipe dream to think that you could write a pilot and get picked up. Like, yeah, that your, your best chance is to get picked up as a staff writer for something, and then that is literally working in. Uh, committee, and then you know you get to write your own episodes and stuff, but it all gets changed, and, and it's all you know committee jokes, committee whatever. If it's a sitcom, it's yeah, I think you have to earn your earn your uh, pay your dues and earn your stripes that way, which which is believable. I mean, I would have no problem with that. I just like the idea that in uh, in in the movie industry, you can write like any number of like spec scripts that can get like bought and never made and you can become wealthy like doing yeah yeah no like no. one of the, uh, the one of the uh, screenwriter that everyone loves is this guy named john august who's done a handful of films 
but he writes tons of scripts and does well, tons we gotta, of I don't know him. What's a movie that every, is I don't, I don't movie? know. He's, oh, really? he's famous, though. He's, and, uh, and he has a famous blog that screenwriters love where he tells them what to do and what not to do. Because, oh, my gosh. And, he, and he's like... You know, he's a multimillionaire. Yeah, yeah. Uh, currently working writer, and he's just, he's always doing, he's always doctoring stuff and coming up with his own stuff and selling stuff. Well, that's the thing, it would seem, is that if you, you get, you get enough of a known enough clout and then yeah. you, you make a living. That's my dream, you're right, either way. My dream is to just be able to make, to, to, to live in my, my house up here in, the, in Northern California and be able to be paid to come up with funny ideas and weird stories. Right. Whether it's by committee and it gets changed in the end. I mean, I don't know. It's like I've, I haven't had a lot of other terrible jobs, but I've had enough terrible stuff that I've had to do that it's like if I can make a living just doing the weird shit that I, is really the only thing I can actually do yeah. um, because I'm so paranoid and so weird that, like, I do that all the time anyway. It just it makes it hard to do regular jobs. Like, I can't keep track of numbers because You're not I hear like Woody a phone Allen, call in the background. You should have... You should have... Uh jumped at that chance to do stand-up a couple weeks ago because you're enough like Woody Allen that you could have started your career like he did. Well, like a lot of people start with stand-up, right? Yeah, but you need an act. You need, I mean, I need to be more focused on that. You have an act, that. man. You've got this candy-based uh, routine. I have the one about the, the, the printed uh, napkins. TV, I mean, TV said... It's, it, not, it's not the greatest film. It's It's enlightening. It, it, it's, I think it's, a it's, it's, it's a niche thing that we it's, enjoy. It's one of those, uh, it's one of those like... Frustrated guy, yeah, movies. definitely, and uh, it doesn't have a satisfying and ending. It's, and it's a it's a uh, industry movie yeah. about the industry, which they always tell you don't do. It's and meta. It, it got made anyway, which is yeah. uh, surprising me to get made. That one and then that one, what the hell happened or whatever. Or um, the the big picture, Tom, uh, Christopher Guest's film back in the day with Kevin Bacon is the same thing. Uh, it's it's the guy. Have you ever seen that? Christopher Guest directed it. It's got Kevin Bacon. He he's a, a film student and he does a short and then he's got a, a, a screenplay and right. all the studio wants to buy. JT Walsh is, is in it. The, the thing, I, it's the same thing. It's the exact same thing. The thing. They, they all, it all these are about. All these are generally about. They all hit the same notes. Even yeah. that uh, Mammoth one, uh, State, State Maine. Maine. Yeah. Um, the player Altman's. I think the player is the best out of all of them because it actually has like a really. Interesting plot to go. The player's got like more going on than that. It has a lot more going on, but but it it hits all the same notes because they have the two guys. One of them uh, played by uh, I always forget his name. I want to say it's Eddie, but but uh, well, Fred Ward is in it. I mean, I because the the two writers, oh, the two writers. I don't remember. And the 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 one guy's from With Nail and I, Richard Grant, Richard Richard E. Grant, Um, and uh, they they pitch this thing, and they're so serious about it, and it's and it's just uh, and, and they really get into it. And how they would never sell their idea short. And then every time anyone mentions a note, they're like, absolutely. Like, that's brilliant. And then at the end of the thing, they show the thing with Bruce Willis and Julia Roberts. It's got the most hokey, ridiculous lines. Like, at some point, somebody makes a joke earlier in the film about, like, they're just going to throw a line and they're like, let's get the hell out of here. And then, and then at the end, Bruce Willis like kicks open the door holding Julia Roberts and goes, let's get the hell out of well, here. It was like he was about to get, um, get gas chambered and, and then <laughs> like, she's got the wedding dress yeah, on because yeah. <laughs> she left the yeah, other yeah. guy. Whatever. I mean, but, yeah, but, and, then there's, and it shows the writers sitting there and they're thrilled. They're like, yes, yes. yes. Like watching the filming of it. Like, so, you know, they, they kind of take the other thing. Like, you know, this is like a more realistic version where, like, you know, the Duchovny is just furious the entire time yeah. about what's going on. No, I wonder how realistic it is that the writer would be on set of the pilot being shot. 
Well, that's the thing about the, the TV thing is that he wouldn't just be the writer. He, he'd be considered if he if it's created by, then yeah. he will also be executive uh, producer, producer, and showrunner. Okay, so then I guess so, that's believable. so he has to be involved. Well, it, see, that, that, that's the thing that the I writer do like. of a spec script in a in a, in a movie sells it off and there's nothing. Yeah, nothing. I mean, I can do. They, I can might, go even, they might. I mean, and that was shown in being John Malkovich. Yeah, and that's what I. That's why I. I'm not not being John Malkovich. Uh, adaptation. Adaptation. Yeah, that's why the spec scripts that I've been working on for features are more things I know I don't care that much about because I'm like, if somebody can see something that they hand off to somebody else to make better, right? Pay me what you know, whatever it's worth, and <laughs> and that gets me gets my foot in the door, gets a name out there, you know. So and so, here's you know, take this and turn it into something good. Right. I'm fine with that. Anyway, quickly. Yes. What do you, what do you think? I, I, I thought it was. Uh, I give it a. I give it a three and a half. I feel like it, it could have used some kind of a, a beeline story where he was maybe working out. Because the thing about these usually is that it's nice when, when yeah, the, the, the lone guy, creative individual, will by and large lose to the, to, the machine, right. to, to the machine. But it's nice to give him something little that is like his through line of creativity that, that, that gives you something for him sure. at the end. And they didn't do that. You know, they didn't do like, oh, he also writes poetry and... His little poetry book got yeah, published, yeah, yeah. or, or does, something it else. Have, it doesn't have the Hollywood thing. It's more of an indie, indie yeah, it, sell it, through the thing. But at the same time, I don't know. It's just like I, I laughed in parts. I appreciated the acting. I thought, I thought the acting. Yeah, that was, was definitely good. good. There were some uh, subtle pits that were good. There were. Uh, overall, I'm going to give it a two out of five because I. I uh, That's pretty low. It's got the frustrating thing. It's got the indie thing. I'm not a big fan of the indie thing, uh, even though. The thing cost a lot of money for an indie thing. There was a lot of, I'm sure it was a lot costly. of extras and big. There wasn't tons of big set stuff. There was a thing at the end. Yeah, um, maybe it didn't cost that much. Hey, uh, overall, it just didn't sit right with me. Two out of five. There we go. There we go. All right, you TV said set. you've been watching a lot of stuff lately. Lots of stuff. So you said good day. You popped some PBRs. I popped some. I've, oh, I watched a lot of my. Okay, first off, first off, Ricochet. Mm-hmm. So. You thought Lithgow was great. He was super crazy yeah. because he, he um, they, they yeah. kill that guy and then he shoots the first him. Half of the movie. He shoots the guy in the leg, right? I need to finish it. Well, here's the thing. Okay. I'm not going to spoil the end of the movie for you because he shoots that guy in the leg yeah. for a perfectly reasonable reason. Rational reason. I don't want to see it now. He says he says uh, you, you never know when you'll get like an anal retentive corner. And the reason is he's trying to make that guy when he when they kill him and burn him up, they want him to think that it's him. And he was the one shot in the kneecap by Denzel. That's so he shoots the guy in the kneecap that he's going to use as a bot as a body, so that they'll think it's him that died. You're, you're listening. It's you're perfectly trying, trying to make the movie sound like it's perfectly. No, no, the movie is ridiculous. It was it's not at all. But that, that one way that one see it. That one scene like. Is not. I was so looking forward to that after you described it the way you described it because that'd be a much more fun villain. Yeah. Is it like he just shoots the guy in the leg and you you had a better line for it than you never know when you get an anal retentive coroner. It was something like I wanted to keep the coroner guessing. <laughs> That's hilarious. You did what I always do, which is you rewrote the script. I just paraphrase. That's yeah, I, I do that too. What did I? I've had, I've had some really good ones. I, I need to watch. Uh, the, the, I need to watch Raising Cain. When your head leaves your neck, your life will end. That was a good one. <laughs> yeah. that I invented. Did you hear that? The uh, what's his name? Who does the uh, cult? cult uh, I saw that uh, they were talking about Highlander, but yeah. I didn't read no, it. No, it was. Well, it's, it's interesting because he he uh, he only only time he watched the movie when it first came out. Yeah, and then he didn't watch it again until he was going to do it for the cult canon thing because yeah. he hated the movie. Oh. He, think, he thought it was terrible. So when he rewatches it, he's like, I understand, you know, I understand why people love it now. Yeah. Like, it's got some certain stuff. He's like, it's still terrible. Uh, but... <laughs> but it's, such uh, a, it's such a cool idea that I, I think... That's what he says. The, the main thing about it is it's got... 
it's got a really catchy idea. Um, even though the, they like, they even they just gum it up, you know, immeasurably. Plus, it was you know, it was directed by Russell uh, Macaulay. M- 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 yeah, Macaulay, who uh, who did the Shadow. I thought that. Oh, was but, but before Sam that, Rangers. he was a music video guy. He's the guy who directed the first music video. And, oh wow! Yeah, you know, he did the video Kill the Radio Star oh, cool. and all that stuff. And he he was uh, he re- did all the Duran Duran videos and stuff. Like he was the main. He was the big guy. And so when he came into the, they were like, you know. Here's the new hot thing. Like he's he's the guy who basically started the whole jumping from videos. Yeah, to whatever. yeah. And uh, and the, the the thing the guy appreciated the most in it was the transition shots from like uh, a fish tank in New York to the 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 lake in the Highlands. Yeah. And he yeah. said because like most of them it was like such stupid transitions. Like the, but the director like tried really hard to make it like you know whatever. But he said like you know it was also held back by the fact that the writer knew they were stupid transitions and so like. Kind of did them a little like self um, aware, yeah. which takes maybe I, I don't know if anyone was thinking that way. No, no, I that mean that's the thing that when people look back at this stuff, though, like you know, in the in the whole cult film sense thing, is the first one really a cult film? Is it bad enough to be a cult film, or like not the first well one's a cult enough? film? I think cult films don't necessarily have to be bad. I think <laughs> not they, not just have to, they have to have a. Was it not well received enough to become a cult film later on? I don't think it wasn't well received. I think it made some money. Okay, here I would I would lump that one in, and maybe it's just Sean Connery, but I feel like there's other elements there. But I would lump that one in with like Time Bandits, which I feel is another cult film. That's a cult film because it's not very good, and it's directed uh, by a weird director with a lot of weird visuals, and it wasn't hugely successful. I think kind of got the same thing going. It was hugely successful. Was it hugely yeah. successful? And uh, the guy praises Clancy Brown to no end. He's like he's really the Kurgan. He's really the star of the film. Oh well, of course it's the, the Kurgan's great. The, the Kurgan. Clancy Brown is. Great. I always call him the Kurgan whenever he does anything else. Yeah, of course. I mean, course he, he, he he's also Lex Luthor as far as I'm concerned. He's done the best Lex Luthor. Voice. Come on. Well, that is the character though. That that, that embodiment of the character is far Let's be better. Serious. The best Lex Luthor is the guy from Smallville. <laughs> Which one? Michael uh, Rosenbaum? Yeah, the bald, the bald guy. Or uh, John Glazer. You like how they describe Lex Luthor <laughs> yeah, the actor? Oh, by the way, and Saga Swamp yeah. Thing, Luther shows up oh, for nice. two pages, and it's oh, fucking awesome. Red. It's awesome. Uh, he works Batman, and he works Superman in, into the all story. Right, ricochet, like, give it a grade. Ricochet, I have to give it a... Um, I'm going to give it like a two. Uh, <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Highlander, give it a grade. Highlander, I give um, you know, a that's three and a half. Six. I, I'll agree with Highlander. Um, I, I watched a lot of more than I'm six. I'm giving though. Ricochet an incomplete. I, I watched uh, Prairie Home Companions, right. speaking of Altman. Yeah, Altman. Uh, I just kind of like watched well, it while the stuff was going. Yeah. Uh, it was, it, was, uh, it we kind of verified that I really don't care about any of that NPR shit. So... <laughs> Um, yeah, but it was about. It, but it's about. I know like, what it's about. It's about I know like the about. death of creativity it, in no, media. No, it's, it's about it really like that is, kind of media really thing is. to a to a degree. It's about like this one theater going under. But it's, but, it's not just that. It's yeah. like indicative of the entire thing, like you know, radio and all that stuff. Yeah, like but, it, that, 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 but even Kevin Klein's character says that, like this is fifty years out of its time already. Oh, absolutely. So it's like but I mean, but all things media, change, all media yeah. falls that way. And, it does. And, it does. Certain types of creativity. It has quite interesting, funny moments and stuff. Uh, it did seem a little indulgent other places. I, I don't know. It, it, Every it, Altman seems indulgent. Uh, I guess. Uh, Long Goodbye was not. I like Long Goodbye a lot. but Long Goodbye gets pretty indulgent. Uh, but not to the point where you're like bored with it. 
I think it moves at a better pace. They're different kinds I, of movies. I've gotten bored in every Altman film, and I think he's an, an amazing <laughs> I've never seen shortcuts. Uh, I, I kind of always wanted to sit through it, but I hear it's really long. Okay, Prairie Home Companion. Prairie Home Companion, I'll give it two and a half. All right. You know it was ghost-directed, right? I, I was by, Altman by was, P.T.? Altman was dead already. Yeah, probably. But they PT. wheeled around his corpse, and, and P.T. kind of... Uh, P.T. did the job? Was like, what's that? What's with that, his, Altman? With, oh, he says, uh, to do it again, but slower. With his pregnant wife? Yeah. All right. <laughs> you two talk over each other. That's something he does, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, just just talk. It doesn't yeah, matter. Just talk, just talk. I rewatched Reality Bites. Never which, seen it. Uh, you've never seen? Eh, never it, seen uh, the other one either. The, the other indie. The other one that came out at the same time. Gen Xer. Oh, S- oh, SFW with Dwarf. No. I don't know what the other one is. <laughs> For a second, I thought you meant Tim Conway. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only Dwarf that matters. That's the only Dwarf that matters. Dwarf no. on Slackers. Is it called Slackers? No. Is it called uh, uh, Singles? Oh yeah, Game Pro singles. Never seen that. No, either. I've seen parts of that one. Yeah, no. They both had hip soundtracks, hip soundtracks right? and whatnot. Yeah. Then still directed one. Then still directed Reality Bites. Yeah. Um, Great it. Go. Uh, you have, you have time, to say about it's it. It's a three. No, not okay. really. Because um, it was a rewatch. Anyway. What else did you watch? Uh, I finally sat through all of Fat Flash Gordon. Not that I had had trouble with it, but it just it, it, I never Wait, held fl- my attention. Flash Gordon it. or Flash Gordon? Flash Gordon. Flash. Flash. Okay. Not Flash. Not the point. Not, not no. Flash Gordon. No. Okay. That's for a different podcast. <laughs> um, it's got good good porno podcast. It's got good. Where people do people talk about porno. That's, that's that could be our niche. That could be quite a niche. When this podcast invariably ends after the three hundredth episode, oh and we gosh. have to move on to other things and greener pastures, then that's what we'll do. Now, uh, Flash Gordon. I don't know. It's got big sets and it's got a lot of fun in some places. It does big sex sets. That's the other word. For a second, I thought you were watching Flash Gordon. No, no, no. Um, I don't know though. Something about it just is like just meandery, and the way that it's orchestrated, it, it's kind of it's kind of tough going. I'd give, give it, it a grade. Uh, <laughs> I'd give it a. Uh, I'd give it a two. What, what, who's in that one? Who's the star? Some guy. I've it's never not Peter Weller. That's the other one, right? No. <laughs> What's the Peter Weller one? Buckaroo Bonsai. Yeah, yeah, which is the same thing. Yeah, same it's thing. a two and a half. They're right. both two and a halfs. All right. Uh, They're both see, too that's, bad. That's, that's four films, three I've films. What else did you see? I watched the Ridley Scott Robin Hood, which is like basically what other podcasts had said. It? It's it's not crap crap, but it's it's definitely Ridley Scott stopped caring years it ago. It takes you know itself that, right? a little too seriously. It isn't as fun as you'd want a Robin Hood movie mm-hmm. to be. It doesn't have as many arrows, and basically, it's the Robin Hood origin story prequel. Right, and that's the because at the end, at, at the, the end, end, it's like they, the adventure begins. At the end, the guy declares him an outlaw. Yeah, right? and, he, and they're in the merry man and all that. And they're yeah. merry men, then they have feathers in their hats. Yeah, and yeah. They swing from it's kind of hard to follow and kind of meandery. It's maybe that's because it's trying to follow the more real story. Or Better something. or worse than GI Jane? I've only seen parts of GI oh Jane, but pro- probably about the Better same. Better or worse than 1492: Conquest of Paradise? I never saw that one. I always wanted to see that. one. Better or worse than White Squall? Uh, here, how about this? It's about the same as Kingdom of Heaven. Didn't see it. Well, then anyone who did, yeah, fine. <laughs> Have at it. Um, All right, give it a grade. It's, uh, I'd give Robin Hood, it, it, maybe it's fun to watch once, so I don't know, that's another two minutes. All right, we got eight minutes. Next film, go. <laughs> we got 15 minutes. Before I have to be home. Oh, you have to be home at midnight? Yeah. Oh, that's garbage. We don't have time for this. Yeah, we got time. Um, eight minutes. Okay, another movie I watched. I watched Whip It last night. The the, the roller derby movie. Oh uh, yeah, right. right. Well, I'm recording a lot of things off HBO while I get free. HBO. I watched a handful of things, a uh, handful of scenes from that, and each one struck me as uh, a terribly written scene by a pathetic burnout. I don't know. Was it, was it burnout? I think I think someone who whoever wrote that was a burnout. 
I'm not sure. Who like had written some stuff that I thought were cool. And then eventually they're like, you know what, I'm just going to have to write some stuff that I've already seen before. So every line will have to be something. A little bit, yeah. And then, and then what, here's what happened. Some things happen. People start fighting in a, in a cafeteria. And then Drew Barrymore screams food fight and I turned the channel. <laughs> that would have been a good time to do That's that. That's what I did. I didn't do that. I didn't have that resolve. I, I don't know what I think it was fun. This, uh, every time uh, I'm, I'm watching uh, Animal House every few years... Uh, I, I have to I have to pull back my arm from the room. Anytime someone's gonna I, yell food fight, you no. Every stop. when he yells food fight, it, it bothers me so much that anyone would think that's a, that's a, a thing to that's do. Funny that someone would scream food fight. Yeah, like at the camera. That's, that's dumb. Yeah, I don't like that. Okay, um, give it a grade. <laughs> I give it. I give it a two. Isn't that chicken annoying? Ellen, Ellen Page. Yeah. Uh, hit or miss sometimes. Sometimes she she's like a character actor that they they have do that character. I think is what I get. Sure. And she. You know, she toned it down and made it work in uh, like Inception, and it worked in Hard Candy, kind of. Though it worked whatever. in Hard Candy. Yeah, I, I, I wanted her to die in it, though. I kind of wanted a little to kill bit, her. a little bit. But the other guy wasn't much better, or it was a monster, I think. Right? Yeah, he was, monster. he was horrible. Yeah, yeah, he had killed. He had <laughs> I killed forget him. how that goes. But he was like nice and stuff. So you kind of wanted yeah, him to. Right, you know, right. I was hoping he would kill her also. Exactly. Uh, grade whip it go. I did it. Two whippets. Uh, what else do you see? Oh my gosh, I've seen so much stuff. I gotta hurry, I gotta hurry, 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 hurry. Give me a second, give me my brain work around. Symbiotic Titan. Oh yeah, I've been watching a lot of that. That's good. I wrote a spec of that and it got cancelled. That sucks. Um, Yeah, but write a spec for something that's not gonna get cancelled. I got wrote a spec for Community. Oh, Community. There you go. I finished the first pass at it today. Yeah, he's a rapper now? Uh, He does all kinds of stuff. He has fun. Whatever. You look so mad about Okay. You gotta have multiple credit We saw Sucker Punch today. Yes, we did. Uh... It was oh, so. It's got you know. It's got the visuals. It's got the Zack Snyder. It's got the hot chicks. Uh, they're all fan serviced up. A lot of fan service. Indeed. Right? Uh, Very influenced by the anime tropes for sure. For sure. Yeah. Jumping around. It. Junk. The consequence for you getting knocked like four yeah, thousand yeah, yeah, yeah. feet and right. smashing through stuff. It's got it's got multiple levels of reality, which is. Like Jacob's Ladder, which I also incredibly saw recently. Incredibly confusing. Yeah. At times, and like especially in the very beginning, because. Uh, the girl uh, melts into the the second world, the burlesque world. Yeah. Just by hearing the therapist telling the woman on stage about it. I guess. You realize yeah. that? I, I don't even remember how it happened, but yeah. That's how it happened. Yeah. She just and and then after that, it just kind of is. You're taking for granted that it's just like this is how they're all getting through this place. Yeah. Because she's the the therapist is kind of teaching them. I guess. To think of it as this other I thing. I still see it's it not like much a better. Fantasy. Yeah. Um, Anyway, yada yada yada. It it has a crazy ending, crazy stupid ending, in my opinion. Yeah, pretty. Uh, it, well, the, the, the thing the, about it, it, it is made it uh, worse than it already was. Yeah, the, the, when you throw in a dumb twist about like when you follow one character, an unsatisfying yeah, twist. Yeah, when at you, least it could have been satisfying. When you throw it, throw in uh, a twist where the character you've been following the whole time yeah. is you're told is that that's not that person's story. No, it's our some though, though the movie shit. is about her. Yeah, so exactly. It's so it is. Story. Yes, and plus the person they picked that it was you not never really cared about, hateful, and you didn't like her at all. Yeah, and you didn't have any reason to care. Whatever, about her. You whatever. didn't have any reason to care so, about yeah, any of these you characters. You did. You start with like very obvious tropes. It's like poor innocent, also, innocent girl who looks like she's I think fourteen, but then the guy no, says she's twenty. Well, no, she's she's here's the thing. She is in her twenties. She's in her early twenties. I was shocked when they wrote twenty. I was figuring also they were going to say she was fourteen. Um, whatever. It makes it so that they're legal. Well, so but, you can lust yeah, but it also them. makes it so like. Like you would want to lust after an illegal. But, yeah. No, but here's the thing: the, the, if she's 20, then she's she's no longer like 
like a minor, so that guy, that guy could have been This is an alternate universe 1950s. Okay, yeah. Right? Sure, you're right. You know, that, I guess you're right. That's right. right. I forget. It, it's, it's set in like this, the late 60s. I think I heard Kennedy in the radio when they were just in the radio. I think it was during the Cuban Missile Crisis. Could have been Senator Kennedy? Oh, shit, you're right. It could have right. been during the... Uh, yeah, could have been during the other thing. During, yeah, yeah, the McCarthyism. Uh, that's probably that's very likely. It was Senator Kennedy. It was uh, McCarthyism. Here's what I have when, when he was what twenty three back when Senator Kennedy was like okay anyway uh, it, so you so you didn't like it's you know, a vi- it's a series of, of 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 mediocre video game cutscenes you vignettes. said video game I felt it was very strongly just I felt like if that whole movie was just an anime uh, like a well drawn well animated anime I feel like people would really like it, it would have to be like, R rated it would have to be R rated for sure. I feel like uh, that would have been not necessarily well received by critics, but it would have a pretty large fan following. Well, in, like. in the anime community, in the anime community, uh, well, this is trying. Uh, to but this is like that. a live action thing. It, it, it doesn't quite work. I thought it was pretty. Uh, I mean, it's pretty bold and audacious visually, which is all he does. Yeah. Um, but it's also. I, it's I also, enjoyed. Here's the thing: you got hot chicks. Yeah. They're they're all fan service stuff. Yeah. And and they're like uh, they're sword chopping uh, mecha robots, mecha robot samurais, and Fight, stuff. fighting on trains, so and fighting on cool, There was some cool stuff in there. Uh, there's some really interesting ideas, but it's such it's such a uh, lame brain mishmash of all that stuff. Yeah, that you know it ends up being pretty whatever. It doesn't have a narrative coherence that really, uh, and it doesn't have characters you really care about. And for well, for one thing, Emily Browning, uh, the main girl. Uh, the, like that review in the AV Club uh, said, you, you didn't read it, I but, didn't but read uh, it. one thing they said about her was. She has very, uh, uh, very emotional eyes and evocative body language, but yet her line readings are just like the most wooden. Like she, she just doesn't come across as someone you can yeah. relate to. Really, yeah, she well, seems like someone who's just out of it. You know? Yeah, which I mean, that almost would work for that character. But the way they choose to, to yeah. the things they choose to have her say later on, when they spend so much time without her saying anything, if she's beginning. supposed to be someone fiery who takes charge of things. They make her a little too. Yeah, uh, laid back, like wallflowery, sort of, and a little too just a little too damaged early on, uh, which makes I sense. I don't usually like Asian chicks. Full disclosure. Okay. Uh, the Asian chick in this was really hot, and you know where she's from? The real world. She's a real world chick who's made it big. No. Wait, yeah, she's what? from the real world. Which real world was that? I don't know. I read it somewhere. Okay, I, I could care less. But yeah, and, and then, then it's uh, got the chick from Donnie Darko. Yeah, Jenna Malone. Gross. And uh, I don't like her. Yeah, no, I mean, I I have more trouble with it because it's it, it's it's got pieces of so many things I would like, like an awesome yeah, right, train exactly, set piece exactly. and a Zeppelin. I was but it's done. It's not done well. No, it's not. And All it's right, like, you have like thirty seconds. It's like you set this awesome action sequence on a train, but really it could have been anything because. All the action takes place inside of the cars sure. once they get in there. And it's, it's just a bunch it's, of slow-mo garbage it's, it's a bunch of dumb, mirror robots. Yeah, yeah. It's, Who cares if you kill robots? That, that's another thing. Yeah. They pg 13 to the crap out they of this. They did, yeah. And by the fact that all the things they're killing, they take pains to explain that they're A, robots, B, mecha samurais, or... Uh, monster or orcs. C, or monster orcs, or... Uh, Dragons. Uh, zombies with uh, yeah, clockwork steampunk, and steampunk, steampunk, steampunk zombies. zombies, right? Steampunk Nazi zombies. Well, no, they were because of World War One. The Kaiser. They're just so they're just Germans. Yeah, they are. Whatever. They're Nazis still. Okay. They're pre-Nazis. They're pre-Nazi Nazis. That said, doesn't that make you think that he probably wrote all of that, knowing that it was going to be PG thirteen? These people aren't killing. I mean, that would make it a little more interesting, right? If they were killing. Well, humans. I mean, I mean, part of it, but you're supposed to treat the whole thing like it's a you, metaphor, and so it's, they're all dehumanized. Here's the thing. I don't this, know. this, this film is like 
It's not even close, but I'm going to compare it to uh, uh, Pan's, Pan's Labyrinth, <laughs> where okay. this this person who may or not may not be real is imploring this girl to take on, take on these missions that uh, that sound like they're they're like really twisted and like the way he described it, you're like you know uh, innocent blood has to be spilled and all this stuff nah. like. And and so like, but but this time it's just like a smiling Scott Glenn who's like, don't worry, you're not killing real people. Yeah. Like, don't worry about it. Just relax and do this thing. And then, how do you explain him being the bus driver at the end? And the kid, uh, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Whatever. Okay, it's we hokey. Go. It's hokey. Uh, I give it a grade. I, I give it. Uh, I give it a. I give it a one out of five. I'm gonna give it a two and a half because it was entertaining. I'm glad I saw it on the big screen, yeah. and I wanted that. I wanted to give Snyder one more chance, but I'm pretty much like I really don't I have a lot of optimism for Superman. He's out of he's out of chances, man. I think so. Yeah. Um, at the very least, it was just at the very least it was a good exercise for me to see. You know what? Just because you have an awesome like, oh, it'd be cool to do something on a train and yeah. have this, or it's like take a step back and make it work. Make it yeah. actually work with characters you care about, and like this is an example. It's too of- much. It's all, uh, all frosting, sitting, no people cake. People sitting in a room thinking, this would be cool if it doesn't yeah, work. Yeah, yeah, It's all frosting, no yeah. cake, and then you, that doesn't work. You know, who, you no know milk. Who, you know who you should have gone to? Uh, uh, McKee. Who? <laughs> McKee. The guy who goes around and does screenwriting seminars. Oh, yeah, he should have, yeah. He should have had it. Like no, adaptation. Or at the very least, he could have just gotten Brian Cox to come in and talk about stuff. At least. If yeah. Brian Cox was the guy instead of Scott Glenn, that would, would that be, be better? I would like that. He's a little more corpulent. Yeah. He could have played the mayor. Scott Glenn's looking old. I think he's next. Well, of to course, I haven't seen him in anything in like years. I haven't years. seen him in anything in a long time. It's, it's weird that Sam Elliott. He's still alive, right? Sam Elliott would have been good. Yeah. Or Sam Neill. I don't know. Yeah. All right. I don't know. It is what it is. I gotta go. I mean, that's how it goes. Thanks.